Hi gang! While we're off season, I wanted to share a little bit of special bonus content. Back in April, I did a book signing for my book The Strange Garden and Other Weird Tales at the Secret Kingdoms, an English-language bookstore in Madrid. At the event, I was interviewed by bookstore owner David Price. I wanted to share a clip of that interview with you all now. To celebrate Alex Kingsley and all their life and works, and there are an extraordinary number of life and works out there for a relatively short life so far. Uh, but a highly productive one. And uh, among many other productive things, Alex has been an absolutely key member of the Madrid Writers Group for the last, oh, eight months, nine months, a year? I don't it's know something it's like that. It's been about a year. Been about a year. Yeah. A time absolutely roars, roars past. And it's been a massive pleasure to have Alex as part of the Writers Group. They've been a major contributor pretty much every week. Um, you've led, what, six, seven sessions, I think? Oh, it's um, been fewer than that, but I appreciate that you think it's been that many. <laughs> and, um, and it'll be a sad moment for us all when the jet heads off into the west, into the setting sun, in, um, what, two weeks' time, thereabouts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah time, time roars past. But it's been a massive year with some major successes. We're going to save a major success to the last, which is, of course, the publication of one of my favourite books, the Secret Garden and Other Weird Tales. And we'll be hearing one of the stories that Alex hasn't read at the open mic in La Realidad um, later this evening, but one of my favourite stories, which I actually picked in collaboration with Alex a little earlier on this evening. So thank you very much for doing this this evening. And ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome, please, for uh, Alex Kingsley. Now, Alex, I know you're familiar with the format of these sessions. I'm not sure if everyone is. So the way it works, essentially, is I pretend to be Michael Parkinson or Terry Wogan or um, a television interviewer, for those who may not remember those ancient characters. And um, we, we dig a little bit more deeply into who is the real Alex Kingsley. Um, where did it all begin? Where did the creative spark um, come from? And all these extraordinary things you've been doing. So, where did it all begin? In the United States, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, born in... I was born in Charlottesville, Virginia. Ah, oh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. Lovely. One of my favourite US states. Absolutely. Named after good mm-hmm. Queen Bess. Yes. Yeah. Of, of, uh, of God rest her soul. Um, and you grew up there. And when did you first kind of begin to notice the creative spark and the, the imagination begin to run riot? Uh, at my earliest memories. Oh, I'm one of those people, yes. I know there are a lot of fantastic writers who didn't discover for years that mm-hmm. they wanted to write. Uh, I, ever since I could remember anything, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to make stories. I want to write stuff. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I think it's probably because my mom is an English professor. The reason that we were in mm-hmm. uh, Charlottesville in the first place was because of UVA, which is there. And my father is mm-hmm. also a writer and does Ooh. lots of other creative things. So I had this creativity already in the family and that was part of how I was raised. So as soon as yeah. I learned how to write and like physically to form words on the page, I was like, how can I make these into stories? <laughs> I have this notebook. It's like a little Scooby-Doo notebook from when I was little. And it's full of like my short stories from kindergarten. Oh, that's wonderful. So when the time comes to create the juvenilia, um, publications, <laughs> then your glass town yeah. and angrier and so on are already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be yeah. none of those made it into the book. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that ever, oh. ever since I could write, I oh. wanted to be a writer. Fantastic. And tell us a little bit about your parents then. You said they're both writers, or your, your dad's a writer. Um, what sort of fields were they working in? 
Uh, yeah, so my dad studied psychology, and now mm-hmm. what he does is use that for education. Right. Actually, both of my parents work at the same community college. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. They call it the family business, because my <laughs> older sister also was a writing tutor there for a oh, bit. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and I was very lucky that, A, I had a father who was always giving me things to read and watch that I was way too young for. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that way I would know about these things at an early age and let it transform me and inform me. Uh, he gave me Kurt Vonnegut to read at 12 years old. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> that's how I learned what a clitoris was. <laughs> it was from a Kurt Vonnegut book. I'm not sure I found out yet. Like that, like that yes. was my early childhood education in a lot Fantastic. of ways. Um, and and when I was 11, my dad gave me Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which you know oh, has been like super yes. foundational to me. It's foundational text in a sense. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was the first time that I was like, whoa, something can be a genre and also mm. making fun of that genre. Yes. And something can be funny and also deeply profound at the same time. And that's so cool. And that um, feels like a pivotal moment in your life, the first reading of Hitchhiker's oh, Guide to the Galaxy, yeah, right? So, for um, sure. Because I mean, you are Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. <laughs> In one of your many uh, personas. Yes, that is that is my Instagram handle. <laughs> Which is fantastic. And that, and that was a big departure from the kind of writing that your parents do, right? So they're more academic, um, yeah. serious writers. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I think I really needed that in mm-hmm. order to understand, like to take in the literary canon. Right. I would say, you know, I... Went to public school, and there's nothing wrong with public school, uh, but I didn't always have the most passionate teachers or peers or, you know, it was, mm. it was, just, it was a struggle to actually learn anything in high school. Uh, so it was great that I would read these books and I would have an English teacher at home who could often do a much better oh, job yes, of helping yes, me understand yes, the literature yes. than, than people at school. And she would give me yeah. kind of my own personal curriculum mm. well, uh, absolutely... of what she was teaching in you know at the community college i would read in like mm. seventh grade mm. no that's absolutely fantastic and going through school and high school for, for the english masters there are any english masters public school in america is the opposite of public school in england um public school is truly public school <laughs> in america <laughs> um and going through that period i mean it's a period of massive um personal formation and you can see some of that reflected although i get onto the book in more detail um later and how did you find um, the interactions in school in terms of driving your imagination and your talent for comedy? And what kind of activities were you getting up to at school in that sense? Yeah, in some ways, school was a very positive force in mm-hmm. terms of activities and things that I could do. And in some ways, very negative. Mm-hmm. I am of the belief that the way that the school system is run in the U.S. and probably a lot of other countries, but I only went to school in the U.S., so it's all mm-hmm. I can speak to, uh, is inherently traumatic and inherently harmful to the students, the way that it is very institutional, um, and that the way that schools are structured like prisons, the way that it's all about, it's all about teaching obedience and Mm -hmm. not about teaching creativity Mm. and allowing students to find what they love and what they care about instead of forcing them to all be the same and all learn the same thing. All this to say, uh, I encountered a lot of problems when I was growing up. Uh, I am very happy that these days we have a lot of language to describe ourselves and to describe identity, to describe sexuality, uh, mental illness, 
just in general, ways, different ways of being in the world. We have vocabulary for that that we didn't have when I was growing up. There's been a huge explosion of people actually talking about these mm-hmm. things. So now I have words for what mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Then I was just a freak. <laughs> and you're going through a very difficult time anyway. Just, yeah, exactly. Uh, and the school yes. system is messed up in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh, so I was very isolated, mm-hmm. had very few friends. Um, and I think that that sense of isolation and fearing, will anyone ever understand me? Am I completely on my own? Is a through line that has always been in the things that I write. And that's in the dark side of what you write. Because this yeah. is a, a remarkable series of short stories. I devoured them in a weekend. I've been rereading some of them, not just because I'm preparing the session tonight, but because <laughs> I've been enjoying rereading them. And um, Alex, as some of you will know from the Rally Death or indeed the video that we sent out, is an excellent and very cheerful reader of the stories but there's a lot of dark emotion in some of the stories as well and there is some very relatable horrors um, of what it's like to go through the school system within some of the stories and, and you can feel that there, there is some of you um, in some of the narrators in some of those stories and, and the way that um, I think there's a reference in the, in the ghost story to that sport is the god of the public school in in the states and the sporting people who are not necessarily the most sensitive or um, or kind or, or generous or um, <laughs> people become the kind of controlling culture mm-hmm. within within the school and the, and the very negative consequences that that can have on people who are more sensitive um, people who are more sorry sportsmen um, <laughs> intelligent are more <laughs> and, and and perhaps um, would be much much better adjusted were it not for the dark impact of um, some of the bullying and some of the um, mm-hmm. troubles that go on in the school system. And yet you come out so brilliantly at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, to, to be clear, mm. um, I'm not just saying that, uh, oh, I had this horrible experience in school, mm. feel bad for me. Uh, I, I think that many, many students have this and we mm. have been taught that this is the norm, suck it up, that's just how the school system is. And I think mm. part of the reason that it's that school is something that without intentionally doing it, just keeps popping up and mm. especially in horror stories. Mm. A lot of my lighter stories are related to like body horror, like th- things that are you would not expect to be connected with comedy. And a lot of the horror stories are in school, and I think that is because the school system is something I'm very fascinated with exploring mm. in fiction because mm. I think it is something that is so universal mm. to a lot of people. Yeah, everyone's been through it. Yes. Not everyone's been through yes. the American one, but I think mm. a lot of people, mm. a lot of school systems are very similar in mm. the ways that they can sometimes be harmful to the students instead mm. of helping them. Um, but but also, I did have a lot of good experiences in school. I did theater. I did marching band. Mm. Uh, you know, there was a lot of That was very of much creativity. my next question, how the creativity began to expand and um, and get out there when, when you yeah. were at school. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned theater. What sort of things were going on there? I know we've got some script writers and so on with this this yeah. evening. Yeah. Because uh, when I first started mm. out, I thought I wanted to be a playwright actor mm-hmm. type situation. My first ever piece of writing that other people experienced Mm-hmm. was I wrote a one-act, co-wrote a one-act for my high school theater class. And mm-hmm. they put it on and took it to a competition. Wow. And fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I love it. How old were you at the stage? Uh, 17. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 
Uh, I love to, my like bragging line is, and then we took it to the theater competition and it won the award for best original play. Nice. Uh, it was the only original play. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Like I got a trophy and everything. Well, the school got a trophy. Oh, I didn't get the trophy. Um, yeah. But I got to be like, uh, the play won. Uh, and no one needed yeah. to know that it won by default. And tell us a bit about the play. Uh, yeah, sure. So it was a, a retelling of Faust uh, about the pharmaceutical industry. Ooh, that's where, very topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, having been a 17-year-old, I don't think it was exactly accurate, um, but the idea was that it was a pharmaceutical lawyer who uh, wants more, who is yes. very greedy and wants more, and then then ends up making a deal with the devil, and and it's from the, it's from the devil's perspective, and the devil ends up being like, no, you suck, and and killing him. Yeah. My, I suspect it was far, far more accurate than you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certainly seems to have been a big part of American and indeed global history over the last few years um, in a big way. So that was 17, Big Cup comes home, best original screenplay, um, all that sort of thing. And what else were you doing at that time? How did things begin to develop as you left school and, and went into college? Yeah, so I went to Swarthmore College mm -hmm. in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania. Uh, which was a really wonderful experience on a lot of financial aid. I could not have afforded to do that uh, if it weren't for the fact that I went to a very kind school. Mm -hmm. uh, and coming from Charlottesville, Virginia, very, um, very bourgeoisie, okay. very conformist, you know, very preppy, all of that, right. uh, very white, mm -hmm. uh, going to... Swarthmore, where there was such a diversity of experience, an intentional diversity experience, people mm -hmm. from all over the country, people with all different interests. One of the friends that I made on like the first week, her special thing was birds. She was a bird specialist. Um, like it was, it was just really cool to actually diversify the people that I was interacting with, and I think that made it that it, that expanded my worldview and my abilities and gave me more opportunities. Like I joined a sketch comedy group called Boy Meets Tractor. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I started doing stand-up comedy. Mm. Uh, I, I took a playwriting workshop with Adriano Chaplin, who is a fantastic playwright. Mm -hmm. him up. Uh, he taught me so much by being absolutely brutal about my plays. It was great. It sounds like you were really dived into Swarthmore and seized it with both hands then. Put, wrapped yeah. your arms around it. I yeah. mean, there was a lot to seize. Yeah. Mm. It was, and then there was a 10-minute uh, a playwriting festival. Oh, wow. And it was so wonderful for, you know, me, a person who was, like, very intimidated by, you know, I'd only ever written one thing that people had put on. Mm -hmm. And then I could, it could be like, it was just 10 minutes. Oh. 10 minutes, people put it on, you get a production of your show. Uh, so I started doing that every year. My senior year, was, we expanded it to a full one-act festival. And actually, the one act I wrote for that, because at that point I was kind of finding my artistic voice. Yes. The one act I wrote for that later on uh, was the first play that I had professionally produced. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was produced uh, by the Wallace Studio Ensemble, which uh -huh. is run by the Annenberg Foundation in uh -huh. Los Angeles. Oh, wow. You've got to tell us more about yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you're interested in buying The Strange Garden and Other Weird Tales, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can ask your local bookstore to order it. And if you ever find yourself in Madrid, I highly recommend checking out The Secret Kingdoms.
It's a wonderful bookstore, and I'm so thankful that they hosted me.